Welcome to Resilience Unraveled. Hi everybody and welcome to Resilience Unraveled, a podcast that examines all aspects of personal and organisational resilience. A huge all-encompassing subject that covers the ability to thrive in life by harnessing your cognitive, emotional, physiological and contextual abilities. I share stories from people who have thrived despite remarkable obstacles, as well as highly successful practitioners and experts across a range of topics. And this podcast introduces their amazing stories and expertise, as well as my own reflections, perspectives, strategies and tips, which come from my own synthesis of themes and trends from wider learning. You can go to qedod.com forward slash extras to access offers, tools and resources, including free articles and eBooks. For those of you that would be interested in supporting our work and contributing more proactively, you can find our new Patreon page at patreon.com. Then search for Resilience Space Unraveled. So, let's get started. Enjoy the show. Hi all and welcome back to Resilience Unraveled. Um, I just met Jeff Martinovich about a few seconds ago and um, he's already broke my head off. Uh, in terms of sort of exciting conversations we're going to have. So strap in for this one, because it sounds like it's going to be awesome. So first off, hi, Jeff. Hi, Russell. How are you doing today? Um, I'm doing fine. Thanks very much. And where in the world are you? Because I can spot that twang. I am in Norfolk, Virginia, in the United States. It is uh, about 170 heat index here today with <laughs> the weather and the humidity so a, a little bit hotter than there in uh, the UK. Absolutely and I'm guessing you're doing that thing where you're wearing a suit uh, well a suit top and a shirt and you've got a pair of shorts on underneath. Right. I'd be, right. I'd be disappointed just, if there's not flip-flops being Just being deployed. boxer shorts and flip-flops underneath. Thank goodness for the flip-flops. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, thank you for spending time with us today. Um, so just outlining what it is that you do. Well, today uh, I do mostly consulting and speaking and writing, uh, helping businesses grow. Uh, always been my passion is small business and entrepreneurs and helping the CEO who has no one else to talk to. Uh, so I, I'm doing a lot of that right now. Uh, as I'm kind of rebuilding my life and my stakeholders' life and my family's life after a pretty interesting last decade of, uh, of a lot of challenges of uh, from the top of the mountain to the very, very bottom of the valley. Wow. Okay. I like the way I like it. It's like a, it's like a trailer, isn't it? You're, a, you're an expert at trailing this great story that's coming. I love it. But before right. we get into the values or the mountains, tell us a little bit about your early sort of career, because I understand you were uh, in the forces at one point. I, I was. I, I was very fortunate to attend the Air Force Academy out in Colorado. Uh, was in during the uh, first Gulf War. Had the honor of serving our country there in the uh, F-117 Stealth Fighter Program and uh, was uh, able to then uh, receive an MBA from the College of William and Mary, which, which led me into the finance world, uh, which led me into this wild ro roller coaster of the next couple decades. Right, okay. So you came out of the military, wide-eyed, bushy-tailed. Right. Feeling heroic, broadly. Take, I'm gonna take on the world, you thought to yourself. Correct, absolutely. 
And then what? Well, and then I became kind of a out of the movies, a rookie stockbroker. I had no money, never knew anybody with any money. So I was that guy uh, cold calling the house and, and was very fortunate to work with a lot of really smart people, a lot of really pe uh, people generous with their wisdom. And uh, we ended up over 20 years uh, by me hiring a lot of people much smarter than myself we were able to build a billion dollar advisory business with about seven different startups we put together. And uh, by the time 2008 came around, the financial crisis time, we, we had built up about 100 people, thousands of clients, offices, uh, clients in most of the United States, five foreign countries. And so we were really uh, on a great trajectory un until we weren't. Okay, so so let's so let's hop in there because a lot of people talk about financial service and investment as as if you are some sort of uh, satanic pariahs, <laughs> right? Uh, and, and you might be, of course, but this is your chance. I mean, what, what, how what, what's investment form? What's it about? Well, I I really I was like a fish to water in the investment world because I believe if ninety nine percent of uh, people in that industry really do a great job and do it the right way. We were at the start of where you could charge a fee for like a success fee as opposed to commissions. There were a lot of fundamental changes going on where we were able to sit on the same side of the table as the client. And so, as you know, from Adam Smith to everything beyond that, if you align the self-interest of people, uh, so much more can be accomplished. So we did a lot of financial planning, we uh, worked for an investment advisory fee. We provided uh, loans and trusts and wills and insurance and all of these things that helped people achieve goals that they would never achieve without the help of a strong team. Yeah. And so I, I love the investment industry. I love the financial advisory industry. Sure, as in any business, there's a couple bad actors that always get the headlines. Yeah. But I believe 99% are incredible people that really care about their clients and are really invested in, in their success. So I, I have always loved the business. And so everybody loved the idea of investment and such like. And then, of course, 2008 happened. There was right. huge amounts of, I mean, that was a, um, a recession generated by greed, deceit, fraud, manipulation, market, ma market manipulation, confidence going wrong. I mean, the whole thing fell apart, didn't it? We all remember that. So um, I guess if you, you're in the middle of the storm there in the, the, the investing world. We were. We were in, uh, in, in the perfect storm there. Uh, our firm had grown to a size that uh, we were too big to not be on the radar screen, but uh, not big enough to write the $17 billion check to the regulators like Bank America, or JP Morgan, or Goldman Sachs. Uh, it was an interesting time where the government gave trillions of dollars to those Wall Street firms and then find them uh, a few billion dollars back and everybody thought everything was fine. But they did go around and shut down a few thousand, what, what I call second tier companies, second level, not quite as big. Uh, and we ended up being one of those. They, 
they alleged that we had some nefarious pricings in some of our hedge funds. And, and certainly that guy, Bernie Madoff, had come out at the time. So it was quite a frenzy. And uh, our, our company said, you know, we don't believe we did. And we could never find anything that they did wrong. So that's when I kind of had to make a, a decision. When you go to the Air Force Academy, you live by the honor code. And, and you say, we will not lie still or cheat nor tolerate among us anyone who does. And as you know, in your great work that you do, you know, people have certain moments in their life that are very defining. And you have to make a decision. Are you going to agree and go along? Or are you going to take a stand? And so uh, at that point, I actually rejected three separate plea offers from the government. Uh, I'm the only silly one who would ever do that and decided to go to trial uh, to defend our company and our employees. And what happened? Well, uh, five weeks later, uh, it was a it was a little bit difficult uh, trying to explain hedge fund accounting and valuations. And uh, at the end of five weeks of that, and after many days of deliberation, I was found guilty of uh, not, not commanding the ship properly. And I was sentenced to uh, 12 years in federal prison. Wow, I mean, that must have been a kick in the guts. It, it certainly was. Uh, I, you know, I not only did we lose the company and everything that I had created over three decades, but also I had a great number of shareholders and yeah. stakeholders and employees who were greatly affected by that. So it, it was quite a, quite a lot of us affected. And, uh, you know, it was on the front page of the newspaper 30 sometimes. And uh, so, as you say, uh, you, you can quickly become the the builder and stalwart of the community to the pariah of the community basically overnight overnight yeah yeah that's right and especially when it's it's money people's livelihoods we trusted you blah 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 it's exactly. an easy it, that all that goodwill that sort of emotional capital social capital in your business vanishes in a second so however mm -hmm. i'm guessing that as a military man with a sense of hang on a second I know I've been ruled against, but you're wrong. And this is where sometimes people think people in the military take orders and what's handed down to them and just accept it. But it's, that's not true, is it? Because you must have had a sense of actually, this is not right. So I guess resilience in your case comes from this, I need to clear my name, I need to put right this thing. Is, is, am I on the right lines here? Exactly. And you know, there, you have many dark days, of course, and you question yourself and- yeah. And even if you think you're 100% right, you question, you know, am I the crazy one who, do, what am I missing here? Um, you know, we live in the greatest country on the planet, uh, but things, there's a huge bureaucracy and there's a huge momentum to when something gets started. And so you have to kind of do the gut check. You have to kind of initially say, hey, why did I start this journey in the first place? what are my core defining values and character integrity? You know, do you have to recenter yourself to kind of dig deep, deep, deep to find strength that maybe you never had to access before. And, and you're right, I was very fortunate uh, with sports 
and in the military and starting small businesses, you know, you take a lot of bumps and bruises along the way. Yeah. And, and I think the universe prepared me for this time being to be strong enough and, and deep down reach into that resilience and that perseverance which would be required to get through this challenge. So were you actually, did you actually have to go to a, a federal prison and go, go to I prison? I did. And wear I the did. orange, that must have been, well, a lot of people say that prison's like public school in the military in a funny sort of way, because you all wear uniforms, you get terrible food and you have to do as you're told, but I don't know. I mean, that's very glib and I don't mean it to be, but I mean, are you more equipped to survive a prison um, if you've had time in the forces? I believe so. I believe so. And, and in the movies, most guys like me uh, go to what they call camps and min minimum security uh, facilities. I remember watching 60 Minutes one time, and the federal prosecutor said, uh, guys in three-piece piece suits take pleas because they don't like to go to prison. Well, I apparently wasn't that bright. And uh, they actually sent me up to a higher security prison, which was much more violent and was extremely violent with 4,000 inmates. Uh, so it was a very different experience for the bulk of uh, my stay. And yes, uh, had to dig deep into some of the early training and navigate those waters where uh, on day number two, nobody cares that you were a very successful business leader in the community that has nothing to do with your survival from that point forward yeah and i guess you go back to well you go back to ancient mammalian strategies don't you of power and security and allegiances and such like and and somehow you've got to get through it don't you what so what was the thing what was the thing that was getting you through the day to day well uh one one basic rule that I use for myself is certainly you have the despair and the depression and those type of things. And to, to stay out of that, I committed to every day to get stronger. And just my simple method was every single day, I wanted to get stronger physically, intellectually, mm. and emotionally. And so I made sure as I scheduled my day, the best I was able to, is that I attacked those three areas every single day so that I woke up tomorrow, not less of a man than I was the previous day, yeah. but a lot stronger and a lot more capable. And so I tried to take advantage of this break in my, in my journey uh, to reassess, to get stronger, smarter, brighter. Uh, I had to emotionally control what I called the standard deviation of emotions, mm. not get too high on good days because you certainly get pretty low on people. You are an expert in all of that. Um, and that was how I got through every day. I, you know, they, I lost every dollar and every asset in my family and my, uh, everything I owned so I had to start at 0, 0.00 against, and you don't have any assets left to defend yourself. Yeah. So I took, I took a job in the law library, uh -huh. and I basically committed to teaching myself federal criminal law. Mm -hmm. And by 
as the laws of attraction work by helping about 300 other inmates with their cases, I was able to learn a lot about my case and was then fortunate to have some success. So, so in a sense, you started to fund and drive your own defense. So how, how long was this? Give us an idea of how long this was taking, because you must be sitting there thinking, hang on, I didn't do this. I've lost everything. I'm now in jail. I mean, you know, it's, it's, it sounds all, I mean, I'm sure there's more bumps in the road than that. But then you suddenly go into the, the law, the law library and you find it does sound like a plot of a movie. Um, <laughs> I'm interested to, you do look a bit Tom Cruise-ish. Is this the, Whoa, is this the film? boy, thank you. You're my, you're, you're my best friend. Today. With the glasses. If Tom Cruise were an accountant. <laughs> <laughs> thank so, you. But you, you started to actually research the law so you could begin to launch it at your own defense. Is that the idea? Correct. You know, you're exactly right. That That's all you have left. So, you know, it's the choice is, you either take naps all day and you commit to defeat and you go into deep depression or you try to fight again. You try to pull yourself off the canvas. So I, I did, I uh, learned just enough to uh, appeal my case. And uh, I was fortunate to be able to reverse the decisions uh, down on my sentence at the trial court. Again, very, very, very fortunate. Uh, and I was sent back uh, after the sentence was reversed. And uh, I was prepared to go home and start rebuilding for all my shareholders and my family. But before you do, can yes. I leap in and just, just check this word? Because I wonder whether you um, in the States use fortunate differently to us in the UK. Because fortunate to me almost implies the degree of luck, but it doesn't sound like this was luck. It sounds like this was hard work, effort, learning, application, not luck. Well, well, I'm a big believer of God helps those who help themselves. Right. And, and so as entrepreneurs like to think, the harder you work, the luckier you get. So yeah. yes, it is certainly a formula for that but but again at the end of the day i have to say i could have put in those million hours of work and tried to figure this out and still the great odds were against me i mean yeah. the odds were astronomically against me but so to show you how so i did i went back and uh i thought i was going to be released and that was our agreement and then i was given a second indictment much of the same to us to stop me from making progress on the first one. And so I, th I thought I had an agreement to get back and start rebuilding. And then not only did I not get out, but my 12 year sentence was changed to 14 years now. Oh, wow. So, so I, I never claimed to be good at math. I turned down a three year plea offer to get 12 years in prison and then I overturned the 12 years to get 14 years yeah fantastic so that's what this is not fortunate anymore this is not fortunate <laughs> so that's when most of the guys in the law library started saying hey do not let Martinovich help you with your case yeah. have you seen how he does for himself uh, but yes so then I went back to prison and kind of started all over again in the law library and uh 
was fortunate. So that was about a three-year process to begin with. And then a couple years later, I was actually very fortunate to reverse it again and uh, start to come back. And that's when COVID and a lot of different things, they, there were actually two federal judges that were removed uh, from my case, even throughout this process. So it is a very bizarre narrative of uh, thinking we're on the one yard line and getting over the goal line and then only to go fumble and have the other team run the ball all the way back uh, and then keep coming back and keep coming back. So last May, I was finally released after about a seven year journey uh, wow. back to home confinement here in Norfolk, Virginia. And again, uh, the universe, I'm a, I'm a big believer of, yes, if you work crazy hard and harder than everybody else, the universe is gonna help you. And it, does, it doesn't align against you, but it maybe doesn't align totally for you with all the green lights, but the universe gave me a pathway. And so I talk about all these terrible things in my books and my speeches that happen, but also when you look back, all these kind of terrible things that happened gave me a path. They gave me a window that allowed me to keep fighting, to keep, to keep, keep at it. And so I finally made it back uh, last year and I've been kind of working around the clock on a lot more positive things now to rebuild and restore. And that's interesting actually, as, as you're saying that, it's sort of triggering a couple of thoughts there because actually, Having a legal process to defeat is a path, isn't it? And then you have gateways. If I do this, it gets this. And if I do that, it gets that. So, you know, the 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 journey, the the narrative, the the fight, the struggle, whatever it is, is very much in your own hands. It is actually quite a military campaign in a sense. Right. You know, the culture today is very much into the government needs to do this for me yeah. and my village needs to support me by this. But I think when you're in a fight to the end is that you still have to have rugged individualism. Yeah. At the end of the day, you have to get up out of bed earlier than everyone else and, it, and it's up to you. And I was, incredibly fortunate to have a very loving, uh, my wife, Ashley, a circle of friends that stuck with me from day one through this entire process. So, so I was much luckier than most to have those people, but to win, no one's going to make those two free throws for you at the end of the game. Uh, for you, I would say nobody's going to score that try in a rugby match. At, uh, if you don't do it. So, yeah. so you have to take personal responsibility to say, hey, I just got to get up again tomorrow. And you got to think of another path and you got to keep fighting. Uh, we filed over 500 motions in my little case. Wow. And 99% of those are all denied. But periodically I'd get a little bit of a victory. And then I'd get slammed back to, to starting point. But eventually I made it home. I also kind of believe, and I've, I've become to believe in, in, in this grand design that the universe will let you win, but most of the time it's in a path that you never envisioned. Oh, that's interesting. Tell me more about that. 
Well, in, in legal motions way, uh, they tell you, uh, a lawyer will tell you to write, well, these are your two strongest arguments, so don't put all the rest in there. I've become a big believer that you put in the 10 strongest arguments, and because lots of times those are the ones where you make forward progress when you never thought that is how you were going to win. Yeah. And uh, we don't know what's going on in the universe. We don't know how other people are making decisions. We don't know how the emotions come into play. I always like to say that the people I admire the most are the people that say, I don't know. Mm -hmm. And you know they understand that the great bulk of what's going on in our worlds, we have no clue. Uh, so I try more of a shotgun approach. I try to get up every day and outwork everyone else and because I'm not the brightest guy. And so at some point, one of those things will work for us. And again, I was just very fortunate that it did. And so, I, I mean, people, I, you hadn't mentioned, and I was going to ask about wives and family and such like. So, I mean, that's a, that's a remarkable achievement to hold on to your family through this sort of process. I mean, you must have a remarkable partner. Well, I, I, re I it's an unbelievable. So Ashley, my wife now, uh, we like to say it was really just a love story. <laughs> that's the way. Uh, and of course, unfortunately, as uh, everything blew up in my nuclear meltdown, uh, divorce and those type of things are normally part of that. Yeah. Um, but when I was away alone uh, in prison, I received a love letter <laughs> from Ashley after I'd been in there about a year. And I can't explain why or how. And she, she said, uh, you don't know anything about this, but I've always loved you and I'm gonna stay with you and I'm going to join you and support you and be with you through this journey. Of course, she thought it was about a 12 to 18 month process. Yeah. <laughs> it turned out to be seven years. And, and to cap, if only she'd known. If only she'd known. If she would only know. story. Exactly. Boy, many days she's questioned that. But one more miracle. So when I came home last year, uh, and I am 55, and I have an incredible son who's 26, who's now working with me. And again, that's another miracle. Uh, but at, when I came home on New Year's Eve, last, last New Year's Eve, Ashley informed me that, which is now in about two weeks, we're gonna have a new little baby girl, Carly. Wow. Wow. So, so this has been quite a, uh, quite a journey, quite a ride. And uh, I'm incredibly blessed and uh, yeah. So in two weeks, we're even uh, having little Carly and and keeping on this journey. Very good. I mean, that, that I mean, come on, come on. This Who can make that up? This come is on, a I, this I, is I, a movie I, script for goodness <laughs> sake. You can get a baby out of it for goodness sake. This is too right. good to be true. Right. Uh, <laughs> and so 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 looking back on it, and I'm sure you've been asked this question a thousand times. So forgive me for the cliche, but. You've mentioned hard work. You've mentioned the belief in uh, getting stronger every day, and I like that. And but if you can put your finger on it and to say, what's the one thing you take from this, which you can get other people to think about for themselves? I mean, not necessarily advice. Not it's just that think about this. What what would that thing be? 
Boy, there's certainly there's certainly a good long list that I've learned myself uh, through this. And in lots of times in these stories, uh, you know, and they have crazy movies on like Wolf of Wall Street and these kind of terrible people that then maybe find religion later. Uh, I, I never wanted to be framed like that because there's a lot of good people and ordinary, just common people like myself that terrible things happen to. And, uh, you know, with our time in Afghanistan and our veterans now, you know, nobody died in my story. Yeah. Uh, nobody, uh, you know, those kind of people um, are 13 great patriots that we lost. I mean, those are the heroes. So people like me, terrible stuff happens to. That's why we came down here to the planet this time around to overcome fear and you know build our soul and our character the best we could. So what I look at is you just gotta keep going. You just gotta keep the faith, finish the race. And I think when we build ourselves and make ourselves stronger, whether that is physically, intellectually, emotionally, spiritually, we are then able to handle bigger and bigger challenges. I, I talk to people, when you build a successful company, things don't get easier for you. You might become very wealthy, but your problems are 10 times more before you became very wealthy. Yeah. So Well, they're just different problems, aren't they? They're but, just but, different but they're, problems. But they're first world problems. I mean, But I, they're I, first I, world problems. That's yeah. a great point. Yeah. yeah. So, so, exactly. so you, you must have written a book. I mean, surely... I mean, a man of your industry, all that reading, all that writing, there must be a book either in the, on the stocks or in a website near you. So tell me about that. <laughs> That's right. Uh, we recently published uh, Just One More. And that's it. the subtitle is The Wisdom of Bob Vukovic. And it is a narrative that has about 15 life lessons in there. Uh, it is a... Uh, it is a fiction story, but if you look closely, it certainly resembles a lot of my journey over the last decade. And Bob is a fallen hero who sits at the bar at the bistro every day at happy hour and um, finds a young protege, Cole Johnson, who he takes under his wing and, and gives him all these lessons. Uh, I, I have had many great mentors from my father to business, to sports, to the military. And I've been able to learn a, a lot of things that a lot of people don't get exposed to. You know, life is about exposure. And so this was a way that I wanted to help teach those lessons. But as you, uh, someone as yourself knows all, the greatest way people learn is through a story. So we, so we created this narrative that, Hopefully, and we've been blown away by the kind and generous reviews that say, hey, I really enjoyed this story. And by the end, I realized I learned these, all these different life lessons. And so that was the purpose. So that is uh, on Amazon and, and on my website. And uh, we have some other books in the process right now with publishers that kind of tell more of the, the actual story, more in the memoir format. Um, but yes, I really enjoy the writing and the helping and the business advising and then speaking. And hopefully the story can, can in a more factual way, we go into a, a business or a group of 
business leaders and say, hey, this could happen to you tomorrow. Yeah. You need to be prepared for all these possibilities. But then on the other side of the spectrum, I really more enjoy um, speaking to inspire other people, to help them see like, hey, if we just keep going, keep going, that we can get through this, this, this. Because all these type of challenges always take way longer than we thought they were going to. Yeah. I like, I like in the movie, do you know the movie Rudy when uh, he went to play football for Notre Dame, uh, a great movie we have over here. The priest says to him that, that famous uh, part of, we pray in our time, but God answers in his time. Mm. And I think that's just so emblematic of these type of journeys of perseverance and most importantly, resilience are the keys. Brilliant. And if people want to find out more about your work, how do they do that? Uh, the easiest way probably is my own website, which is jeffmartinovich.com. And it's Jeff with a J-E-F-F. J-E-F-F. And there's no T Martinovich, as I discovered. That's right. That's right. You need one of those bit.ly things. But also we'll have a link to your website and our show notes. Thank you. I so appreciate that. Brilliant. Well, it's been a real joy to talk to you today. And um, thank you for your, your spirit and your good humor. And it's been a, a joy to spend time with you today. Thank you, Russell. I really appreciate it. And thank you for all the great work you do. Uh, preparing for this, uh, all, looking at all your websites and your coaching and your consulting and your training. Um, I, I learned a ton uh, just from going through those. So uh, I appreciate all the effort you do to help Guys like me get better and better. You're very kind of the checks in the post, I think, as they say in the trade. <laughs> good, good, good. You take care. Thank you very much. You too. Have a great day. Hi, everybody. I hope you found that episode useful and interesting. Feedback is always welcomed. And if you're in the mood to subscribe to us or even leave a comment on iTunes or Stitcher, that would be amazing. If you want to suggest ideas or even people you would like me to interview, then reach out to us at qedod.com forward slash contact. As I said earlier, you can go to qedod.com forward slash podcast for show notes or follow the links. And you can go to qedod.com forward slash extras to access offers, tools and resources, including free articles and ebooks. For those of you that would be interested in supporting our work and contributing more proactively, you can find our new Patreon page at patreon.com. Then search for Resilience Unraveled. I look forward to being in your ear next time around. Take care.